Welcome back to the Commission Podcast. In an age of Love Island and casual dating apps, what does God think about dating? We might be tempted to think that because the Bible doesn't specifically mention dating, He has nothing to say about it. But the Bible is full of wisdom that applies. In this episode, Pastor Matt Fuller and Liz Hayden from Christ Church Mayfair dig into biblical dating and what that looks like for people in the city. Enjoy. A great God and Father, we want to follow you in all things. And so as uh, we think about dating, what that might mean, what that might look like, we want to have, we want to go about that in a way which is patterned by the scriptures, which is loving, genuinely so, and kind, and not shaped by the world. So help us think through that. Um, as Liz and I bounce some thoughts around, please help one or to apply into their own slightly different settings. Help us to uh, be kind, tender to one another in an area where uh, there can easily be some bruises. But Father, um, please, would in our churches and uh, Christian culture, help us develop uh, a way of doing this which is healthy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're probably sort of vaguely alternate, weren't we? Is that right? Do you want to say hello? You haven't said hello. Hello, I'm Liz. I'm also at Christchurch Mayfair. Great. Um, we're in wisdom, really, because if you turn to the scriptures and ask, what is dating? You're probably your best bet is that you'd be told to go to a well, because um, that's in the Old Testament particularly, that's where most um, find their brides. They go to a well and draw some water, uh, particularly in the book of Genesis. So if you want to sort of explicit biblical texts on dating, you go to a well and draw some water, maybe move a rock Um, appear impressive physically, that sort of thing. But given that we're in the 21st century and not many of us travel frequently to wells, we're in the area of wisdom. So let me put two pegs in the ground as we begin, which is that uh, we're made for marriage, but we're made for Christ. The first thing, um, these two pegs just are put in the ground, and then we'll, most of our thinking then comes between these two. We're made for marriage. Uh, I won't read in the interest of time, but I probably will. Um, the Lord God made a woman from the rib, he taken out of the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Marriage matters, clearly. It has there, even in that little Genesis 2 passage, priority over parents and children. And sometimes marriages go wrong because of failing to see that. But uh, it's a precious thing. We are made for marriage. Not everyone will get married in this life, but it's part of God's good design, and many will marry. But alongside that, you say we're made for Christ. Or another way of putting it, I guess, is that this world is temporary. It's passing. And marriage is a good gift, but like many in this world, it's a brief one. It doesn't last very long. And the fact that this world is temporary and we're going to a new heavens and a new earth where there is no marriage between humans relativizes the importance of marriage. So it's Revelation 21, of course, in the new creation, the Lord Jesus is the groom and we collectively are his bride. And 1 Corinthians 7, the heavenly reality of where we're going means that singleness can be of greater value than marriage. 
So 1 Corinthians 7, because of this present crisis, whatever that is, I think it's good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she's not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. I want to spare you this. So maybe it's better to be single than get married, given the realities of this world is temporary. We're heading into a world where there is no marriage between men and women. Maybe. And the Bible insists on, insists on both those things. Marriage is a really good gift. It's a really wonderful thing, and we're designed for it in many ways. And for some, singleness is better. And it's where we're heading in eternity. There's only marriage between Christ and his people. And maybe we're more useful here if we don't get married. And both those things are true. And if you wanted to say, wow, if you had to give each a mark out of 10, which does marriage and... You can't do that. Which is better then? It depends upon you. It depends on circumstances. All sorts of things feed into it. But the Bible insists that both are true. And that has an impact then upon um, what we're thinking about uh, this afternoon. Last little thought, then um, we'll get a bit more specific. How are you going to define dating? Because it's not... It's an area of wisdom. As I say, there's no great examples in the scriptures. So here's a stab, all right? I'm going to call it an exclusive, intimate to a suitable degree relationship, exploring the potential for marriage. Isn't that romantic? <laughs> yep. An exclusive, there's just two people in it, growing in intimacy to a suitable degree, that is, you don't start off and you sort of move closer and closer and closer together as you explore the potential for marriage. So dating is a discernment process. You start off thinking, I don't know where this will go. But you start off thinking it could end in marriage. And if you know it won't end in marriage, I'm not sure what the point is. So here, to my mind, are some errors. Uh, there's a category which, of singleness, that's pretty clear. There's a category which is called married. There's this weirdy thing in the middle called dating. Now, I think you can make some errors. Some you think it's a bit too close to singleness. Some you think it's a bit too close to marriage. So um, between single and dating, here are some errors. You think that dating is just a life stage. I'm 16, I take my GCSEs. I'm 17, I start to drive. I'm 18. I uh, take some A-levels, I'm 20, I, get I start dating. Because it's just what you do, isn't it? It's just like a thing. You, it's part of growing up. Well, no, not unless there's a purpose to it. It's not just a thing. Oh, I'm 18, I can go and watch those films now. Oh, I'm 20, I can start dating now. It's, it's not just a thing. You grow up and now I'm of an age where I do it. A unless you think it's got some purpose to it. I'm not quite sure why you would. Uh, I guess in the similar category, Liz normally interrupts very helpfully and says, you don't mean this, do you? You mean that she's very quiet. But I think I'm saving my words. Saving pearls. Mm -hmm. um, a little related error, a recreational activity. Again, you know, I go to the cinema, I go out for a drink, I date. It's just something to do on a Tuesday night. I mean, my Tuesdays are a bit dull. I play football on a Monday. Uh, Babington on a Wednesday, Tuesday night, I just date. That's what I do. It passes the time. Um, again, that's probably not being kind to the other person. More on that in a moment. 
Uh, or I'd like sex, and that's generally, uh, you shouldn't just do it casually, but if you're dating, it's fine. So um, I'll, I'll start dating in order to have sex. Well, I, I don't suppose you'd be surprised to hear me say, those will all be errors. Dating is a bit too close to the single life. Perhaps more commonly would be um, errors between dating and marriage. So, and, and sometimes in Christian circles, I think as errors here. So, like dating, I can't date anyone because I don't want to marry anyone yet. I mean, I could ask her out, but she's like, I, said, I can ask her out for coffee, but she's gonna like turn up with flowers and a veil and everything, isn't she? And I, I can't, you know. If, if, in one sense, I think one of the things I'd love you to hear, it's not that big a deal, dating. It's not a big deal. You can date someone very briefly. You just see them two, three times. And if it's done in a healthy fashion, and you think, ah, this isn't going anywhere, that's good. That's fine. Absolutely nothing. You know, it's not that big a deal. And sometimes it's like, oh, you know, oh, I quite like it, but I can't date her. Or the other way around, I quite like it, but I can't date him because that's like a massive thing, isn't it? Everyone, everyone will know and there'll be pressure. Chill out. Dating's good. Uh, in all our churches, to have lots of people dating, you know, a few weeks, no, a couple of months, no, that's all very fine and healthy. Don't make it into a massive thing. Um, yeah, so that would be one, one thing. Don't get too stressed about it. Uh, and don't go too quickly. I think it'll be the, sort of, these are all related, I guess. All right, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I've started. Okay, we've got out once. We like, yeah, let's do it again. Okay, second date. Here's my life. <laughs> and um, you go too quickly. No, and by that, I don't mean physically. I mean emotionally. Just let me just tell you everything. Um, why I'm screwed up by everything that's happened. <laughs> just, you know, you're discerning. And therefore, you know, at, at every, at suitable stages, you give a bit more and you give a bit more and you give a bit more. So it's not a big deal. And therefore, don't go too quickly, too fast. Um, I think those are the sort of things by mistakes. Great. If you would like to ask a question, you can do so on Slido. So S, it's a website, S-L-I-D-O. And the hashtag is dating wisdom, or wisdom dating. Dating wisdom, all one word. Put a question on there, and we'll try and get to it if it's not answered in the course of the seminar. So who should I date? Date a Christian. That's made clearest in 1 Corinthians 7 by Paul, who basically says, marry who you want, but they must be a believer. Or to put it more positively, marry someone who can help you grow. So an unbeliever can't help you grow in the Christian life. Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Someone who doesn't know Jesus isn't gonna be able to help you grow in all those fruit of the spirit. And equally, someone who is a Christian in name only is not going to be able to help you grow. So imagine you meet someone, they're happy to attend church occasionally. They may even have put their profile on salt. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're walking with the Lord Jesus. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're growing in the Christian life. If they're not growing, they're not going to be able to help you grow. And lots of one another commands in the New Testament that you, you won't be able to live out uh, with your dating partner if um, they're not a believer. So there we go. Here's an example, 1 Thessalonians. 
encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So build each other up. If that's what we want for our relationships with our brothers and sisters in church, then surely that's what we want for our dating relationships too. So date a Christian who will encourage you and help you grow. I think there's an implication here for online dating, which is nothing wrong with online dating. It's, you know, in the Old Testament, people met at Wells in 2022. They might meet on sorts or Christian connection. Um, so nothing wrong with online dating, but it's good to recognize with online dating, you're, you're meeting someone kind of who's essentially a stranger. And you need time to get to know the person behind the profile. Whereas if you meet someone in more of a real life setting or in church, you've probably had a bit more time to observe their Christian walk. Whereas meeting a stranger, um, you're kind of in with the exclusive dating before you've really got a chance to get to know them. So just something to bear in mind. Nothing wrong with online dating, but something to bear in mind. Find out when they say, I'm a Christian, do they mean the same thing that you mean by, I'm a Christian? So, date a Christian. Shared interests help, as does some level of physical attraction. I think this is just common sense, but sometimes as Christians we can be a little bit silly about this because we think, well, the thing that really makes Christian marriage work is commitment, right? So I can just pick someone and then commit, and it will, it will all work out and be merry and fine. But I think wisdom would say that people are different, and it's okay to ask the question, do I really enjoy spending time with this person? And do I enjoy spending time with them enough that I want to spend the rest of my life with them? Am I physically attracted to them? Marriage is hard enough as it is, so don't make it harder for yourself. Um, it's good to ask these questions. Um, with the full awareness that in yeah. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you ain't looking like you do now, nor are they. <laughs> so don't overvalue these things either. And bear in mind that they are a real sinner, not your ideal fantasy. So none of us here are perfect, are we? We're all works in progress. And the person that you date, and if you marry, they will annoy you, and you will annoy them. You'll disappoint each other. You'll need to ask for forgiveness. That's just normal. Um, so we shouldn't apply a, a higher standard um, to our sort of potential dating partner than we do perhaps to ourselves. When should I date? Be careful if you're young. So as adults, we change the most during ages 18 to 25, particularly these days, um, as the majority of people go off to university, we're exposed to new people, new ideas, new experiences. And that shapes our personalities, it shapes our, our values and our outlook on life. It's just a fact that divorce rates are a bit higher for those who marry uh, younger, so I don't know, under the age of 24, 25. That's true for believers and, or religious people and non-religious people. So I'm not saying that to freak you out and stop, you, stop people getting married young. Uh, you, you can still make a successful marriage if you, you marry at 21. But it's just good to bear in mind that the younger you are, um, the younger you are or your dating partner are, the more quickly you'll be changing and maturing as people. So just take it slowly. Don't rush into marrying if you're young. Be careful, too, if you're vulnerable. What do we mean by that? Well, um, you could be vulnerable if you've just come out of a relationship. Let's say you were dating someone for six months, for a year, and I don't know whether it, was, it might have been a hard breakup, it might have been a fairly straightforward breakup, but just give yourself time to reflect on that, um, time to process what's happened before rushing into a new relationship. 
You might be vulnerable if you're struggling with significant physical or mental health problems, or perhaps if you've suffered abuse in the past. It's not necessary to be sorted to date, but it's just good to recognise where we're vulnerable and to seek out support and help and take things slow in a new relationship. You might be vulnerable if you feel that time is running out. Perhaps a lot of your friends have got a marriage recently and you feel like you're being left behind. Perhaps you're keen to have children and you feel that more urgently as time goes by. Don't make an unwise choice of dating or marriage partner because you feel like you're in a hurry to get to the stage of being married. Singleness can be hard, but it's much harder to be in a difficult marriage. So don't let that pressure rise you into making an unwise choice. And be clear about your intentions. So let's say um, you are hanging out with someone you've met at church, just the two of you, quite a lot, and time goes by and you spend a bit more time together, just the two of you. At some point, I think you're going to need to clarify what it is. Are we dating? Are we just friends? Um, have that conversation. Don't be afraid of having that conversation. That's, that's kind, I think, to the other person. It doesn't have to, as we've said, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You could just go for a coffee and talk about what it'd be like if we started dating. Um, but that's, that's kind, rather than stringing on a friendship that's ambiguous. I think that's a bit more, again, with internet dating, this can be a slightly tricky uh, question. Um, in the early stages, when you're meeting someone you've met online, getting to know them, I think the question is simply, do we want to meet up for another date? You know, we've, we've had a coffee, we enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, let's... Let's go for a drink next time. Oh, we had a good drink. Let's go for dinner next time. Um, it's probably unrealistic to expect dating to be exclusive whilst you're still getting to know the person. Uh, but at some point, getting to know you needs to become, we're dating, and this is an exclusive thing. So just basically, we're saying, don't be afraid to have that kind of conversation. Um, yeah, and you can't... You, I think one of the hazards of an internet thing, you, no multiple dating, come on. So I've been surprised at that. A couple of people have said, oh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm dating a couple of people at the moment. What? Well, you know, it's just early stages. It's just sort of seeing them. No, come on. Do they know that? I mean, I think if they know that, it's sort of okay. But how weird is that? Oh, what did you do last night? I went out with my other girlfriend. Um, actually, we had a really good time. So um, unless this goes well... I mean, well, that's not just, it's just not kind. I just don't understand that. I know I'm old, but I, that just seems a bit not right. <laughs> How should I date? How should I date? That's Liz saying, get on with it. How should I date? Uh, three questions to bear in mind. Are we both growing as Christians? Am I honouring them? And are we making process towards marriage? And again, I think if you go out with someone for, it doesn't really matter, a year, 18 months, the, the length of time in one sense is a bit arbitrary. There's no rules on that. Um, if you're 20, there's loads of time. If you're 40, I don't think you date for as long without clarifying intentions again. I don't think that's unkind. But you, know, you, you could be dating for 18 months and... For half that time, they're in a different country and you're only com you know, communicating on Zoom once a week. What, what? Or you can be dating for three months and see one another every day. So time is like an arbitrary thing, is intensity. 
But if you go out with someone, say, for a year, and then you split up, and you say, we both grew as Christians in that year, and I honoured them, and I think they honoured me, and we knew where we were going or were making progress or not. But if you answer yes to those questions, that's a really good year. You've both grown. You've honoured them. That is a good year. That's not a bad thing. That's not a waste. That's not a, oh, we're really sorry. I mean, yeah, there's a sense to that. But it's good. It's healthy. Um, Let's put a bit more um, flesh on the bones. Uh, Are we both growing as Christians? Now, it's tangent. You can't ask these questions too often, right? Again, you don't ask them at the end of every date. Well, that was a good evening, but did we grow? Did we grow? That's the sort of thing you ask twice a year, once a term. Are we both growing as Christians? Um, Or what does that even mean? Well, I don't know. Surely you know. I'm here with just some thoughts of, do they help me seek first the kingdom of God? Do they help me commit to church? Do they encourage me to serve others? Do they encourage me to be generous towards other people? That sort of thing. You'd add another 50 things onto that list. But are we growing? Am I, secondly, B, am I honouring them Uh, physically? I hope you know what that means. Um, You don't go too far. (laughs) You you recognise that this is someone that could be someone else's marriage partner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You honour them physically. Emotionally, do they know where you're at? Um, So, again, if a relationship ends and whichever way around it is, he says... Oh, I thought we were going really well, and I was at the point of asking her to marry me. And she says, oh, it's been terrible for six... You know, it's been ter- I mean, I just, you know, I felt like killing Bambi to say, to say it's got to finish, but I just couldn't get around to ending the relationship. If there's that sort of level of emotional mismatch, something's, something's gone wrong there, if, you know. And again, you can't, you know, you can't every week say, how... You know, out of ten, how are we doing? Again, over-analysis destroys anything. If you pull a plant up from the root and look at the roots too often, it just dies. You just so you just give stuff time, but um, yeah. And spiritually, I think it just means are you taking them seriously? Um, uh, do you, yeah? Do you think you can learn from the person you're dating? Um, there's a sort of subculture, I think, of evangelical Christianity where blokes think that dating is basically the same as marriage and they should be leading um, and taking a lead and are a bit overbearing. And I, I think that's, that's poor and not very healthy. Are you honouring them? Uh, a few things about that. Uh, where are you dating? Um, I mean, not that it matters where you're going out to McDonald's or Michelin star. Good for you if it's the latter. Um, but uh, again, just beware the false intensity. It's, it's, it's a modern thing. It's, it's, it's sounding old. But um, f- because phone communication is great, you can have this sort of false intimacy. That it's, it's 12, it's 1, and you're sort of Snapchatting back and forth, back and forth if, in your bedroom. That sort of creates a false intimacy. Um, that isn't the same as just being face-to-face across a table. It's not, you know, 25 years ago, if I wanted to call the person I was dating, I had to go to the kitchen 
where there was a phone that we shared and it was tied to the wall. Um, and think, you know, so there's a false intimacy, I think, sometimes. Um, um, what boundaries have you agreed? Oh, what do I think about this? The, um, uh, sometimes, um, <laughs> again, it's just also a bit weird sometimes things people say, oh, you know, yeah, we, yeah we've been going out for uh, a couple of months and, and, and we've, we've been really clear on the boundaries physically. What? I mean, what a weird conversation to have. Why are you even having that conversation about being clear on the boundaries when you've only been... Just get to know them. Just talk to them. What well, you shouldn't need to have that sort of conversation physically... But I think I mean by that, uh, emotionally, I'm more concerned about um, how many people you, you know, it's, then you're getting on in the relationship, you've been dating a few months, and it is going quite well, and, and you're sharing. I think it's just to, just to clarify, look, I'm sharing my life with you now, and there's stuff you'll discover about my family. Um, you're not telling everyone, are you? <laughs> That's just a bit weird if you're telling everyone. I mean, who, who are you chatting to about us and dating? Like, it's... It's good to have two or three friends, perhaps, that you're accountable to in dating. Um, and on these sort of things, that they can ask two or three friends who can ask you, uh, are you both growing? Do you think you're honouring him? Are you honouring her? Um, do you think you're making progress? Because that's good, but not oversharing. Um, that's not very kind. Otherwise, that's when you get awkwardness. You've been dating someone for a year and you split up, and then you think, oh, I think... I think half the church kind of knows in details of my life because he's shared them. That's not right. So I'm more concerned. That's what I think about, about emotional boundaries. Um, and that's similar to the last one. Is it? Let's what do you, if you assume that dating doesn't end up in marriage, um, there's probably stuff you don't want to give away. <laughs> um, so hold it back. Hold it back. Um, uh, so 1 Timothy 5, um, this is how we want to be relating to one another in a sense. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, exhort him as if you were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So there is still that sense in which until you're married, the person you're dating out with is a younger man or a younger woman. And so don't go too far in all the things you're going to share physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually. And then lastly, we're making progress towards marriage. And again, please don't ask that more than once a term maximum. Um, I'm repeating myself now. Relationships will end, so be wise about revealing your past. Don't reveal too much too early on. Be realistic about the mess you've made um, or about the mess people have already made. By that I mean I've just observed some relationships have, have, have ended and I don't think they needed to. So someone, I don't know, Let's put it in these terms. The guy has said, perhaps, look, you need to know about this addiction to porn I've been having. having. And they could have got beyond that, right? He's repented and he's making progress. But um, the conversation becomes such a big one that he sort of delivers this payload of truth and honesty. And what he's desperate for in that moment is affirmation. Um, but she's freaking out because of what she's just heard. And you can flip this around, right? She's freaking out. Um, and so he doesn't get what he wants, which is the affirmation. Okay, it's, this is not the end. We could, we could overcome. That's, that's whatever it is. I was severely anorexic in the past. It's had med medical implications for the future. Whatever it may be, it's sort of really something quite significant. Uh, and 
the relationship ends just because of how they handle that conversation. Um, so I think the only way you have that in a healthy way is, oh, uh, okay, that, I don't know what I think about that. Let's chat tomorrow. So just, if you're delivering the truth, give the person who's receiving it just a bit of space to process it. And if you're receiving the truth, then don't demonstrably freak out in their face. Just say, oh, that's, that's, I don't know what I think. I just don't know what I think about that. Let me just get my head around that and chat tomorrow. Um, does that make sense? I just seen, seen a few times things that, that, uh, that didn't need to end. You just, that conversation went really badly. And I think that's what's gone wrong. When should I end the relationship? That's the depressing question I've got. So um, how, do, how do we diagnose when a relationship should end? Well, Matt's given us these helpful three questions. If the answer to any of those questions is a big fat no, then probably the answer is to end it, or certainly. Um, you know, if you're not growing but you're drifting as a Christian, as you look back on the last nine months of, of dating and the pattern in the relationship is just growing in ungodliness, then, then end it. If you reach the conclusion that, actually, this has been a good relationship, but I, I don't want to marry this person, then end it. Uh, it's much better to, to end the relationship once you've reached that conclusion rather than kind of carrying it along and allowing the other person to be uh, in the dark. Other helpful diagnostic questions. Are love and trust growing over time? Am I growing in affection for this person? Uh, do I trust them more? Do they respect me? Do they accept me for the person that God has made me? Do they listen to and understand me? And when we're together, do I feel like me or am I putting on a bit of a show? Do I feel like I've got to perform and be someone that I'm not? Or can I just be who I am? Do I feel able to let my guard down and be honest? And then also, what do my friends and family think? Um, you know, if, I guess if lots of friends and family are like, oh, not sure about that guy, that girl, good to listen to their, their questions. Um, if there's an issue in the relationship, don't say, oh, it's okay, it'll be fine. Once we get married, uh, we can work on that issue and it will be fine. If there's an issue, perhaps um, with, with godliness, maybe a pattern of, of anger or, or something that you observe in the other person or indeed in yourself, just talk about it before you get married. Don't say, we'll work it out when we get married. Sort it out first. Uh, if there's... It's not unusual, I think, for, for a couple in our church who are engaged or thinking about um, getting engaged to come and talk to one of the ministers or seek out the wisdom of an older couple at church because they want some specific help working out. You know, there's an area of disagreement in their relationship or an area of frustration. Just come and, come and talk about it. We, we, I think we, just, we tend to do pre, um, premarital counselling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're engaged now. Here's some three sessions on preparing you for marriage, marriage prep. Um, I think we do that increasingly with people when they're dating. Just, and that's fine, I think. Sometimes you, there is stuff to work through. People, life is messy. Um, and things have gone wrong in the past, and there's stuff to work through. So that's right. That seems like a good and healthy thing. Yeah. Uh, if the relationship ends, I think it's helpful to just make sure that there's been an honest explanation. So in some Liz, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps with m more words than that. <laughs> um, I guess you don't have... You know, if you're initiating the breakup, you don't have to... 
completely sort of annihilate the other person's personality and character, but just be honest with them about why. Um, do it in a gentle way, but I think it is helpful to have an explanation. And allow them, if you're breaking up with someone, allow them um, a chance to say something back to you to respond. It's much better to, to have that conversation um, than to sort of break it off and leave things hanging and then never talk about it. I think it helps people move on when there's been a little bit of discussion about why, why this didn't work. Do give each other space in a breakup. A clean break is a kind one. So, um, this is a more male thing, isn't it? Yeah, to maybe. Say, we were really good friends and we've dated and I don't want to marry you. Can we go back to being really good friends? No, not, certainly not straight away. Yeah, just give each other a chance to, to process, to grieve. Um, don't assume that the relationship can, can go back to where it was. Uh, if there's awkwardness, there might be a reason. So um, you, you might want to seek the help of others. What do we mean by that? Well, um, breakups are always awkward. I don't think we can avoid that. It's virtually impossible to have a non-awkward breakup because it's not easy being broken up with, or it's not easy being the person doing the breaking up. However, sometimes there's a kind of relational um, awkwardness or tension that can really continue long after the breakup. It might be very intense. Um, it might be a sign that there was something in the relationship that was unhealthy in some way. Um, perhaps one or both parties treated each other very badly. Um, perhaps there's been wounds that are left that aren't healing. If that's the case, seek help. It's it's okay to go to an older Christian at church and say, I'm really struggling in this breakup. Can, you, can, you, can I just tell you a bit more? And would you give me some advice? So if in doubt, seek help. Your turn. So just looking at some of the questions. What is a healthy church culture? Um, church is a family. Um, and in a family, you know, the, the, the one Timothy five, I think, is so helpful. You know, siblings, which is really annoying. Um, they can tease you beyond what's reasonable, um, but you do forgive, and you you can say to your brothers, "Now enough, shut up," and you can say to your sister, "It is not now." Um, I think as we re related to that is just be kind, forgive. Um, families are always messy. Uh, but you hang, hang on with one another and you hang in with one another and you, you give one another time and space. If someone's grumpy, you let them slam the door and sulk in their room. And sometimes that takes four months. Um, in a church, you know, it's some, so just be patient with one another. Um, we rejoice and we grieve, you know, Romans 12 verse 15. Uh, rejoice with one another, grieve with one another. Sometimes it's hard in a church. I don't know, sometimes some will find it hard, you know, and we pray for... Um, Peggy and Alfred, who have got engaged, and someone sat there and thinks, yeah, do we have to say that up front? I, I find that hard. I find that painful. Um, just every time I hear that prayed for, it's just another, ooh. Um, yeah, I know. And that's why as a family, you just want to be kind to one another. There are lots of things like that, I think, in the Christian life. You know, a mothering Sunday is hard. You want to celebrate mothers that are a good thing, but you can't just look out and some have just lost their mums and they're, they're finding it raw. There are some there who would long to be mothers but are struggling with infertility. And it's hard, and you have to do these things sensitively, but we still do need to be able to celebrate what is good. And marriage is a good thing. 
So um, don't resent it if others get engaged. That's a bit blunt. But on the other hand, don't be in your face <laughs> with people when you know that some are going to be frustrated, feeling disappointed. Um, just we, we try and be kind as a family. And demonstrate grace. Yeah, look, when you were dating, perhaps he was clumsy. Perhaps he was. Perhaps she was unkind. Perhaps we was. Um, perhaps he was. But um, you won't date the perfect person. I mean, Liz has said that already. Uh, no one is going to be dating the perfect person. There'll be plenty to forgive. And if you marry, you'll have a lot more to forgive. But if it, you date for a year and then it, you break up, there'll be stuff to forgive. But do forgive. Um, sometimes you might need to have a conversation. You might say, look, I'm struggling to forgive you because of this that happened. Okay, we'll have that conversation. Sometimes you, you need, sometimes love covers a multitude of sins and you just let stuff go. It depends. But um, let's be kind to one another. Be gracious and forgive. We'll all make mistakes. Let's have the questions. Straight to questions. Yeah, yes. I think make so. Make good use of our time. Uh, top question. At what point do you give up on dating and accept singleness? I th um, one thing I would say, and I can say this because I'm single and I'm 37, um, singleness isn't a curse. Um, it can be frustrating. It might not be what you want. It might not be what you're praying for. Um, but it, it's not a curse. So um, make the most of your singleness. In, enjoy the benefits of being single. And if you would like to date and get married, um, pray. Wait on the Lord. Trust him. Easier said than done, I know. Uh, but you have an opportunity to, um, to grow in this season of Sometimes frustration, sometimes it's okay, um, waiting to see what the Lord will do. You don't know the outcome, and that's a good thing. Um, none of us know the future. God has designed it that way. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, let alone the next 10 years. Um, our job is to trust him and worship him today. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've had people get married for the first time in their 40s, 50s, yeah. we at church. Um, my only other comment on that was, uh, I don't... I, Biblically, sometimes people say, well, there's the gift of singleness. There's a sort of spiritual gift. And there's the circumstance of singleness. They're very different things. Um, and I think that's twaddle, biblically, myself. I think you're single, you have the gift. And you're married, you have the gift. And that, is what, that is the situation that God has put you in. Um, but that may not be what's being alluded to at all. Should a spiritually mature girl date a spiritually immature or baby Christian guy? Can do. I mean, um, I think. I don't know. Yeah, do, I think. Yeah. I, well, I mean, what, I think um, if someone's immature, give them time to become mature. Um, I think going too quickly, you know, you become a Christian. Great, let's go out for dinner. Um, <laughs> is 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 probably a bit keen. Uh, you've got to give them a bit of time and space to grow. But why not? I mean, everyone's got to. I mean. Everyone's growing in maturity all the time. I think it probably you just take a little bit longer. Um, again, these things are relative and ages and stages. But I, why not? Why not? Um. Uh, as a church family, how can we be distinctive and avoid putting pressure on people getting married or dating? It often feels that churches honour marriage more.
Well, I suppose, I mean, just, I think there's lots of things we could say. One thing we've tried to emphasise in this seminar is it doesn't need to be a big deal when people start dating. Um, and perhaps we can, it can sometimes feel like that in church, you know, you're sort of worried about making a relationship public because you're worried about what people will think, you're worried about their expectations, you're worried about if it doesn't end in marriage. And um, I think one way we can avoid putting pressure on people is just by chilling out a little bit about it. Um, I mean, there's some obvious things, aren't there? You know, oh, you know, oh, you're you're dating Brian. Ooh. Um, I mean, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? I mean, it is the, you, you could put pressure on straight away. Um, oh, well, thank goodness for that. I mean, everyone thinks you should have been going out for years. How? Why has it taken you so long? I mean, without being crass, there's some obviously stupid things to say, uh, and there's a uh, oh, are you? great, and then you know, that's it. I mean, I mean. I don't know, you could, just don't be odd. Um. Um, and it often feels the church is on a marriage more. I'm sorry if you feel that's the case. Um, you know, I suppose sometimes, you know, maybe you experience this in families, perhaps more than church, I don't know. There can be pressure on single people um, to go out and find a marriage partner. Um, you know, your mum or your auntie might say to you, time's ticking. Isn't there a, isn't there a nice boy or a nice girl at your church? Um, that's obviously not helpful. Um, but hopefully a healthy church co culture would, would look at the Bible and see that, that marriage and singleness are both gifts that God gives to people to use to worship and serve him. Um, and we need to be sensitive to the, the different challenges of, of singleness, the different challenges of marriage, and love each other as a family. It's sometimes hard. But. Do you think a stronger male-female friendship culture in our churches will help dating? This is, this is, some of these become quite hard, right? Because I, I'm in one church, and I have some awareness of the dating culture in one church. So for me to say, yeah, yeah, yeah all your churches need to be doing this, I mean, it is ridiculous. Um, and be, always be wary of comments that come from any platform. All our churches do this. We've, how much time do you spend in all of these churches? I think they're always silly comments. Um, but, yeah, in one sense, yeah, it's so fascinating. 1 Timothy 5, verse 1 2, treat younger sisters with purity. Um, Paul doesn't say, yeah, like in a church, if you're not married, like, girls, stay clear of the boys. Boys, stay clear of the girls. He expects, how do you relate to your siblings? I mean, not now, perhaps, but, you know, at a slightly younger age, you just do stuff together. You roll, you know, and sometimes you don't want to hang out with them, and sometimes you do, and it's fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's very healthy for men and women to spend time together in gangs. Um, I'm personally very averse to single-sex Bible study groups and things like that, anyway. So, yes, I think so. Um, very healthy. How can you tell the difference between deep brotherly sisterly affection and romantic attraction? I, I think you have to probably ask one another, don't you? At that point, um, and that could be all. And that's you do. That's you just have to take a bit of risk um, and say, look. I really enjoy your company. Um, yeah, I enjoy your company too. Um, <laughs> do you think? Do you, do you think we should go? I mean, 
It is to say, so my wife, Carrie, we'd known one another for years, 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 years. Um, as non-Christians, we both met one another at university, non-Christians, we're just mates, just part of a gang of mates. I, a few years down the line, I became converted. And then a few years down the line, she, she was converted. Um, and we never wanted to date. And then I was a Christian for like four years, five years. And it was, we were never going to do it. We just were good friends. But I was a Christian, wasn't going to go out with her. Then she became a Christian. And um, I remember about probably six months afterwards, it was like, I said, oh, we could date now. Um, do I want to do that? Um, and, but it was quite risky because we had a good friendship. Uh, and so I remember just saying to her one evening, um, I think we should go out. And she said, where? <laughs> no, no, date. Well, like boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, well, that'd be weird. Um, well, should we try it? All right. And it went okay. <laughs> but it was a bit weird at first. I don't know, you have to try. You try. Um, you accept there's a bit of risk there. If you've had sex before when you shouldn't, oh no, sorry. If you've had sex before, when should you tell the person you're dating so they aren't misled? Misled? Misled. <laughs> Is misled a word? <laughs> Just, if you, when you go out, and people say, oh, date is over, I was about, yeah, yeah, they, they, the, a couple of things they really wanted us to take away. Don't, don't make dating a, such a big deal, okay? Chill out and, and conduct healthy relationships, but don't, and don't ever misle someone you're dating, <laughs> ever. I'm going to let you answer this question. <laughs> yes, it, Liz is the best member of staff in the world ever. And the only thing better than working with Liz Hayden is the ease with which it is to make Liz Hayden blush. It's just one of, it's one of my pathetic pleasures in life. I think just doing this seminar is enough to make me blush. It should... It should be obvious to you, I think think but I, again it's quite hard in isolation I, I would ask someone you trust uh, who knows you but again not week one not at the altar the um somewhere in between those but um when you think we are moving we are we are sharing more and more of our lives and we're now at the point of you know, oh, do you want to meet my parents? Yeah, let me meet your parents. Okay, and that's going well. And people like, and people, there's this sort of a bit of momentum building now. Um, and at some point during, you know, the momentum is building. At, at, at some point, talk about that. I, I think it varies, and people are different. And some people are a bit more private. I, th I know for some, it's only when they've done marriage prep, and it's like one of the questions in terms of you know, go away and chat these things through as a, as a couple. It is only then, you know, along with how many children do you think you'd like to have? Two. Twenty! Um, you know, how many sexual partners have you had? Oh. Oh, okay. So, and if it's that late in the day, that's probably okay, you know? I, I, I think probably, but probably before then is better. But not, you know, when you're on the home straight. But how do you know what that is? Is it appropriate for a woman to make the first move in a romantic sense? 
I'm sure people will disagree on this. I think it's fine. Um, I think, again, sometimes people are a bit obsessive on this one. Uh, without opening another box, uh, biblical marriage um, is a coming together of partners, but there is a sense in which a man is meant to give a lead, to find those things, and, and the woman is meant to encourage him in that. That's in marriage, when you're married. So um, hus the husband is the head of the wife, not the boyfriend is the head of the girlfriend. That's just not true. And so I guess the argument is, oh, well, if, if, if you want a husband who's going to lead you, you want to see that from the off. Oh, come on, he's like 20 years old. Give the guy a chance to grow up. Or even he's 25 years old. Give the guy a chance to grow up. You're not expecting him to be the mature man age 25. You're going to do some growing up as well. So personally, I, I have got no problem with that. But I'm sure people will tell me I'm woolly and liberal. Sisters are normally more than brothers in churches. It's hard for sisters in Christ to find a Christian partner. Any recommendation or suggestions? You're looking to me to answer that one, aren't you? Um, yeah, it, that is a challenging situation. Um, uh, one thing I would say is you can't fix it. Um, yes, that might be the case in your church that there's one single guy and 15 single girls. Um, and that's frustrating. Um, but you, uh, somehow in God's sovereignty, that's the way it is. Um, and we don't know why he's chosen it for it to be that way. But he's sovereign and he's good. And he is trustworthy. And you can bring your frustrations with singleness to him. Um, and speak to him about those frustrations, and you can look for Christian sisters to support you through that. It's also okay to look for a partner. Uh, it's okay to look for a partner outside your church. It's okay to use online dating, Christian online dating apps or whatever. Um, I don't know that I've got any more wisdom than trust God and do something. At the end of the day, that's how we, we sort of do anything in life, don't we? We trust that God is sovereign over our circumstances. He's the only person at the end of the day who can open up opportunities. Also, we are to take some steps, some action. Um, it's hard to sometimes work out to what extent we should trust him and to what extent we should take action. Sometimes we get that wrong, um, but it's a bit of both. Two probably I can do quite quickly clarifications. Um, uh, you contradict yourself, don't date multiple people versus don't take dating seriously, it's good to date lots. So it's good to have lots of dating in a church. Um, I don't think he's... I'm not saying date lots, as in try lots of different people. That's certainly what I mean. Um, don't date multiple people at the same time. Don't have simultaneous dating. Don't have Tuesday Cheryl and Wednesday Wendy. Uh, don't 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 do that. Is what I. Um, but don't take don't make dating into a massive thing. You know, it's just a normal thing that you do in life. You know, it's a um, discernment process. Uh, you don't want to be flippant, but nor do you want to make it into the insurmountable obstacle of asking someone out. Just somewhere in between those two. Um, I think. I think what we're trying to say is that it's okay not to know the ending when yeah. you start, yeah. um, because that's just normal life. Um, you can work it out as you go. 
And then surely it's good to have the conversation about physical boundaries. Oh yeah, look, at some point, but why on earth are you having that conversation one month into dating? You just shouldn't need to have that conversation. Just talk to one another. If you want to know if you're going to be to spend the rest of your life together, conversation is how you discern, not stripping clothes. So, um, oh yeah, at some point, again, once you've grown, you know, you're, you're further along the line and you're, you're more emotionally committed and you've given of yourself more emotionally, then physically the, the, the urges will be a bit stronger. Yeah, I can, at some point, maybe it's, it's good to agree some things and what happens if you break the boundaries. Yes, yeah, at some point. But why on earth would you be, you don't need to have, why are you having that conversation early on in dating? You're just doing stuff you shouldn't do. You're not ready for that yet, um, is what I meant. Jonathan, thank you. Thanks. Very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, certainly, in a city centre and in a worldly culture, people are disposable. So you try this, try this, try this. Yeah. I think Christian dating, you just go a little more slowly because it, kindness requires that. Uh, kindness requires you're not misunderstood. You don't take people for granted. It takes you a little bit longer to make sure you're, they understand where you're at and you understand where they're at. Um, so it takes a bit longer, yeah. Not just next, 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 next. Is it wise to date from different church denominations if you have differences in church values? I guess one of the things you're looking for in a marriage partner is someone that you can serve in church with. So you do have to be able to agree on which church you're going to go to. And if one of you is a Pentecostal and the other is a Roman Catholic, then that probably isn't going to work. Um, but if one of you is uh, from a Baptist church and one of you is from an Anglican church and you're both evangelicals, then you probably can agree. So um, there's no hard and fast answer there, but it, it's all about thinking what it's going to look like if we were to marry um, and which church would we serve in? Would we have the same, would we be looking for the same kind of church? How do you eliminate the pressure from dating when you're discerning, exploring the potential for marriage? I, I, I think it's, it's knowing that the person you're dating may not be the person you marry, and that's okay. Um, it's easier when you're younger. That's obviously right, I think, um, emotionally, because you got, you know, you think, well, I'm 20 years old, this courtship, courtship, that's old school, um, doesn't go anywhere. Um, that's okay. If the pressure feels a bit different if you're 50 years old um, on that. But, and of course, this is easier for me to say than for some, but um, it's not the most important thing to the Lord. It's actually not the most important thing about your Christian life, whether you marry or, or don't marry. It's not, it's not the most important thing. It's a big deal in your life, yeah, sure. Um, but it's probably a bigger deal to you and me than it is in the Lord's sight, actually. Um, how you treat people more generally. Uh, it's, yeah. What's a good way to pray for wisdom in dating? Help! <laughs> the way you pray for any wisdom in anything else, I think. And there's no magic formula. You, you pray, when you pray for wisdom, you do also ask people for it, don't you, as well? Um, it's sort of, sometimes just uh, within a staff team, uh, it's quite amusing. Sometimes young people will say, um, well, look, we just want to let you know, 
we're, we're leaving church and moving wherever, and we've really prayed about it. I think the only time anyone tells me they've really prayed about something is when they tell me they're leaving. Um, and so you've really prayed for wisdom on this. And who have you spoken to? One another. Oh, okay. So it's, when you pray for wisdom, yeah, of course. Look, Lord, I'm dating Mildred. And um, look, help me to be wise here. I mean, once it's help us both to be godly here. Help us to grow as Christians while we're dating. Help us to honor one another. And um, I get a bit confused. My emotions go up and down. So please, would there be people who can counsel me wisely? You know, when, when Mildred meets my mates and my family, would they offer me sane insight into what's going on? As well as praying for it. You do ask for it, hopefully. What if the guy is getting more familiar with physical touch, but you're not ready for it due to bad experiences in the past, but you don't want to seem frigid? I would be completely upfront. I'd say, uh, you're going too fast for me. Um, and I, I'm not comfortable with that level of physicality. Just be upfront. And if he responds badly, he's not the guy you want to be dating, and certainly not the guy you ought to be marrying. If he says, I'm really sorry, um, then great. Just, I would just name it. How do we encourage commitment in general as society values individual freedom more and more? Uh, read your Bible, come to church. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, we live in a culture where the, we're, we're shaped to ask the question, um, what works for me? Uh, how does this help self-fulfillment? And that's just completely contrary to New Testament thinking, which is far more concerned with the community's growth than an individual's growth. Um, and once it's just knowing that, knowing that that's the culture we're in, knowing that we're being constantly nudged to think about me, 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 um, and not we, us, um, helps. Uh, and living that sort of committed culture out in a church setting trains us in that direction. Time for one more question. What should encouragement from the guy look like where he is less mature as a Christian? Okay, less mature. I bought it up. He knows less. He makes slightly immature Christian decisions. Okay. Does he want to go to church? Does he want to serve? Um, is there an enthusiasm for the Lord? Those are all good things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maturity is a hard thing to discern, and it just you just need time. Should I pray. feel like we should stop there. Yes. Yep. We must. We must stop. Let's pray. A great God and Father, we've bounded very quickly across an issue where the Bible directly says very little, but implicitly says an enormous amount about treating one another with respect, with kindness, with gentleness, with forgiveness. So, Father, help us to act wisely in this area. As we've galloped quickly, uh, forgive us if, if we've been insensitive in any way. Father, please, uh, as we go off and... Um, Continue to chat these things through and think about them. Help, help us to land in healthy places, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you were encouraged by it. And stay tuned as we continue to share talks from our time away together as a network. See you next time.